This podcast contains lots of honest topics, talks and taboos around motherhood, mental health, well-being and much more. Hello afternoon. So welcome to the first episode, I've got to get this right, first episode <laughs> of the second series of Discussing with Lauren Guests. And here with me today, I have the lovely Laura <laughs> Watts. Friday afternoon, we've got kids toys sort of in front of us. We've got the marina view. Enjoying peace from our children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're having a good old catch up as well. So um yeah, I'm glad I've got Laura with me, actually, because we've known each other for a long time, yes, haven't we? Yes, we have. We've uh, known each other for <laughs> mutual people. <laughs> yeah, we could say that. Yeah, um, but actually, we just, we get on so well, yes. and we always have a laugh, don't we? We, we always do. talk about random shit. And we always shit. pick up from where we've left off as well. It doesn't matter how long we've seen one another. Definitely. We've always just had a connection, really, ever since we... Yeah. I actually met, and I can't tell you how we met. <laughs> no, I know. I know you used to do my nails, didn't you? Yes. Which I'm gutted you and can't do them now. And you'd love to hear about my awful dating like experiences. Yes. I've shared many a laugh. Oh, about we have. Yeah. The atrocious stories. <laughs> You've even shared some of them with Andy before, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, I want to see what she's up to now." <laughs> Honestly, he's like, is Laura coming around today? I said, yeah. He was like, oh, he's like, you have to let me know what's going on with her. I was like, yeah, I will do. Oh, he'll listen to this. Yeah, he will. He'll get a nice insight. (laughs) So, Laura, tell us. So, you are a mother as well as me. And you have your daughter. How old's your daughter? She's now six. Bless her heart. I remember her when she was really small. Scary. Scary times, isn't it? How the years go by. So, you're a single mum as well, aren't you? Yeah. How do you? done it all on my own since where'd go wow so how have you found that how have you found being a single mum if anyone was to ask me truthfully it's the most hardest job in the world yeah but she is my little like ally i'd be absolutely lost without her she's like a little mini you isn't she she is and that's quite scary at times (laughs) especially when you're trying to discipline because it is like looking down at a younger you and when she answers back and things you think (gasps) okay that's me oh bless her heart but yeah she's she's absolutely i'm so proud of her yeah she's so confident so i never have anyone she's so switched on she's intellectually oh my good gosh yeah she just surprises me yeah yes she's got the usual sass but i wouldn't want it any other way she's got so much character and she literally is just like my best mate Oh, that's so lovely. That's so sweet. I know. That's so nice to hear. And do you know what? I take my hat off to you because, like, obviously for me, as you know, I've got my little girl who's two and a half and obviously I've got my husband and we sort of, like, share, we share the parenting and we've done it really from day dot. But for you, being a single (laughs) mum, I mean, like, how do you do it? Like, how do you, like, obviously look after her, look after yourself, run a home, you work as well a couple of days a week. How do you do it all? Truthfully, I don't know how I've got to this point because I'll be honest, it's probably when Esme was about 18 months mm. and there was a point I was like, I don't think I can do this. No. And that was the point where my mum was poorly. She was sort of at her last stages of life. I didn't have any money sort of set up or nothing behind me mm. to go into like my own like home and stuff. So when I got the news, I'd got my house where I sort of live now and that's become sort of a comfortable home for me and Esme. That was the most overwhelming time of my life because not only had I got used to being a single mum, yeah, which I was very fortunate to have sort of like 18 months at home where I lived with both my mum and dad, even mm. though they sort of weren't together, they still were like friends. Yeah. No help of Esme's dad, which was the most confusing point of my life because he did have some involvement with her, if you remember, like mm. yeah, the first six, seven months. Mm. Then my mum falling ill, which yeah. was like the biggest shock to the system because she was my main support network. Mm. Oh, I loved your mum. She yes. was so lovely. <laughs> I loved her. And, you know, and it's even special talking about this today because it is her anniversary and oh, stuff today. Yeah. But it just feels right to, like, speak about everything now. Yeah. And she 
and I just remember getting this phone call. I'd been to like view a house and I explained the circumstances when I went to go like view this home and I got a phone call to say, unfortunately, like it's you can't have this house or whatever. Mm. And then it was a week before Christmas in two thousand and sixteen I got a phone call to say, You know the house that you went to view the other week? Mm. One's come up across the road. You, you've not seen it. That's fate, isn't it's it? It's a new build, but, like, mm. we want to offer it to you. You're not even, like... <gasps> wow. So how the sort of housing system worked, I wasn't even, like, eligible to actually, like, bid on it. I wasn't... But it it was like fate. It was meant yeah. to be. I can't explain it to this day. Yeah. And I remember my mum was sort of really poorly by this stage. And I remember going into her bedroom. I said, look, mum... I'm not going to leave you or like, but this house has come up and I've got to take it for mine and Esme's future. And that's, mm. that's what happened. I remember moving in within the space of cough, three weeks of getting that phone call. Cause then it was new year, 2017. And I moved in the 6th of January and I had no money behind me because when you go into like a new build like that, there's no flooring. Mm. Okay, like, I didn't have to decor or do anything like that. But mm. I thought, oh, my God, I haven't even got, like, a couple of grand to, saved up no. to floor it. I've or to decorate got, like, it yeah. or paint it or anything like that. I've just got the basic... I haven't even got a cooker. Like, I haven't God. got nothing. So, you know, there was a lot of jump your pride, ask for, like, a bit of help. Like, ask your family and friends to help yeah. out. At the end of the day, it's not for me, only for no. me. It's, it's for my daughter, too. So, yeah. you know what? There's no shame in it. I'm going to ask. Yeah. And I am fortunate. I think I get that balance right because I've never been scared to sort of say to close friends and family, can you help? Mm. And I think that's what's so important. And I'm thankful to this day that I have had friends that are more like family. Yeah. That have helped me along my journey Mm. through things that, like, sometimes friendships wouldn't even see at this point in life. You'd expect it when you get in your sort of 40s, 50s, but I'm like, and that's the only way I've sort of kept running because yeah. when I moved into that house, I was so scared. I was like, I've come from being a single mum with a support network around me, being mm. my parents, to moving into this home. I've never run a home on my own. My mum's poorly, so I was back and forth. Esme was being babysat so I could spend sort of the last like moments with my mum. So I moved in January the 7th, 2017. And then a month later, I lost my mum. And that's when I sort of came back to that house after losing mum. I will get a bit emotional, but it's, it's, right. a, it's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and truly, it was the most overwhelming point in my life where I thought, I don't know if I can do it without her. Mm. But then I just remember the chats and stuff we had when she was ill. And she was, I used to giggle because I'd be like, I can't fucking do this without you. And now I look back and I'm like, I always could because she yeah. gave me the tools to ensure that I'd be all right. And I think I'm so brave of you sharing that with me yeah. and on this episode. And I can see how upset Leslie you are. <laughs> you really are. And, you know, your mum was an amazing woman. Amazing. I only met her a couple of times, but What's she was so amazing. lovely, the messages and stuff I've received today, I mean, people that don't necessarily know me too well, but they're following on my social media because my mum was a teaching assistant for many years at school near to mine and I had a message from a young girl today she must not know my mum passed away just saying what an amazing like because she was she was the fun sort of mum yeah she <laughs> was want to go round yeah and that but that's so lovely and that's warming to me because that is what I missed yeah. you know what I mean like the bubbly aspect of her but I think she's with you oh god yeah she's with you even though she's not physically yeah. i think she's there with you sort of spiritually and, I and think emotionally she was and... even at that time i thought this is too overwhelming i don't i didn't have enough self-belief that i could do it and now i'm at the stage of my life where i'm like i have done it and i'm really proud of that fact yeah and i want other people to know if they get to that point they can do it as well it's just about reaching out for that support. absolutely good for you for doing it as well yeah. it takes a hell of a lot of guts to actually admit and say do you know what i need help and yes. i need support and a lot of people sort of like plod along day by day. Day by day. And they kind of think, you know what, yeah, I can do this or I don't need any support or I'm all right. Yeah. Where really they're not okay. And no. it's like, just admit it. It's okay to not be okay. It really is. It really, really is. But it is. does start within you because you do need to be 
that little bit brave to take that step to go, actually, I am only human. I can't deal with X, Y and Z going on. Yeah. I do need that little bit of support. And I think that was the biggest part for me. I did. I haven't received any help till, so the, what, that's five years ago now. It wasn't until really the last sort of 18 months of my life I got help. I did sort of muddle through because I had this sense of pride as well. Mm. I didn't want to fail as a single mother. Okay, I was grieving. I had every right to almost sort of lose it, really. Yeah. But I never did. But it didn't mean that it didn't hurt because everything going... I was scared. Of course. And I saw a quote lately, and it resonated, and it's like, losing your parent is like being in a supermarket and you lose your child because it is, because however old you get, whether you have, you're lucky enough to have the relationship I did have with my mum, it's scary it's daunting because she mm. would be that go-to person i'd pick up the, the phone at the end of the day like i'd finish the shit day at work or whatever yeah and they know you so well mm. they could give you that bit of it whether you want to hear it or not yeah they could give you that advice and it just makes it all better and i'd lost that mm. and now it was like oh i've got this responsibility of now yeah. looking after someone else but it kept me running Yeah, and things happen like at the right time, and I don't know. I can't explain how I got through it or what's the trick or anything. I'm not the perfect parent. I'm not. (laughs) I'm not this structure. I'm sometimes a disorganized chaos, but you get through it. Yeah, but that's the thing, isn't it? Like, I I can't even imagine what it must be like for you not having because, like, what I was saying to you earlier before the podcast, like. I speak to my mum every week. Yeah. I've, I've got such a good bond with my mum. And my mum's been a huge support recently with me going through some stuff with my daughter. Yeah. And, you know, for if she wasn't around, yeah. you know, like you say, it would be a thing I'd have to just think, right, okay, she's not around. I'd have to just get on and do it. But yeah. I'm very, like, grateful and thankful every day. And I count my lucky stars that I do. Yeah. But back in the day, crikey, before I become a mum and before I become a wife and... When I used to be a teenager, I was a little shit. Honestly, <laughs> I used to bunk off. Honestly, I say it to, like in my in my day job. I used to I bunk off school. Too easily distracted. Yeah, my mum would be like, oh, "Have you done this?" Yeah, or I'd go out. I'd be out with my mates all the time. I used to literally use my mum and dad's, like especially between the ages of like sixteen to like twenty one, twenty two. I just used to use it as a base. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it is bad. And you and take that it was for one granted, of the daunting things when I moved into my first home and I had Esme to look after and I think that was a turning point in my life I was like right you've got to grow up yeah and you have got to do this because this is a decision you've made and I just remember like now I'm very maybe I'm a little bit OCD I do keep the place tidy thank goodness I've tidied it up this morning (laughs) apart from the door there (laughs) oh but that's more like my sort of OCD thing and I do Mm. think that got worse after I lost my mum but yeah I remember used to giggle like when I lived at home mum would have hoover three times a day like out and I'd be like you're you're nuts (laughs) yeah you've just hoovered what's going on why do I need to make my bed like I'm only gonna get back in it later yeah and now you get it you're my mum yeah they do say that though (laughs) don't they they do say sometimes you do you do turn into your mum yes I feel like as remember, I'm getting older, I'm turning I remember, into like, losing my mum and my dad, um, sadly, he went a couple <coughs> of years after, but he'd come up and visit me in my home, and I'm so grateful that dad got to see it. I'm gutted my mum never got to see me in my house, but dad used to come up and he used to sort of say, you're turning into your mother. I'd be like, well, turn the hoover off. You're hoovering up, you're hoovering up nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, that just helped me. Yeah. My little OCD thing, it just kept me going yeah I've got a little I think I've got a little bit of OCD yes. I sometimes just clean up and tidy up for the sake of it yeah like, and, like Andy's like Laura you've just done that and I'm like yeah I just I'm just doing it again <laughs> especially it's if bizarre. I know like someone's coming round like this morning um before I started work I thought right I'm gonna get the hoover out yeah I'm gonna like tidy up the bedrooms I'm gonna wash up I'm gonna do this and do this just make sure it's all kind of you know I think it's a coping mechanism for me I was like if if my house is tidy that makes me it makes you kind of more organised up here, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it sounds silly, but it just, it's definitely something I've noticed now and I spoke to my therapist about. It's silly things like, so if I've had company round, it, it's niggling away in the background, like as soon as they get up off the sofa, I have to put my cushions back how 
I would have them. Yeah. And it actually is quite sad because it is a bit of a battle because it's like, just let it be. There's more to life than worrying about how your cushions are. Yeah, but that's in your mind. on the floor. Yeah, but that's in your mind, isn't it? Like, I I can totally, totally relate to that in a way. We've got some crumbs, like, underneath the sofa. (laughs) I was stressing this morning at, like, eight o'clock because I was trying to hoover it and then I was trying to get the dustpan and brush. There's still a couple of bits I can't get out and I'm thinking, oh, for God, and it was stressing me. Maybe it's just a bit of a hormonal weird thing that us women just spot things like that and it just sends us a bit... I think my OCD, (laughs) I think mine's actually happened more since becoming a mum. Yeah, it does. It's so strange. I can't even pinpoint it or why. I didn't notice it was a thing until I started going through my therapy and realised actually I know I'm anxious when I'm doing more of it. Yeah. I find with me, because I mean, I've shared on my, um, both my podcasts that I've done, I suffer with anxiety. Yeah. My anxiety came on when, um, obviously free lockdown, I was on maternity leave and I was going through, um, postnatal anxiety and PTSD. Um, that I also discovered that I had general anxiety. Right. So I've got a diagnosis of that. So sometimes... What is the difference then? Like, so I don't like, I didn't even know too much about anxiety until I explained some of the feelings to my therapist. But when you say like general anxiety, like what do you... They call it that. I mean, this this is through, obviously, you know, like with the GP and all that. They said, oh, yeah, you've got general anxiety disorder. And when I was reading up about it, it basically just means where it's just like accumulation of things right. that make you feel overwhelmed. And, and it's like if you have anxiety for like a period of time, right. the thoughts and the overwhelmness and the stresses and the worries and like the bodily symptoms, you know, like yeah. um, heart palpitations yes. and things like that. And, like, for me, my anxiety always rises when I've got loads of different things going on at the yeah. same time. And you're like, cool, which one do I deal with first? Yeah. That's how I get. I'm like, cool, yeah. this is just a bit too much. And there are, like, physical things to anxiety because I didn't really have them until the breakdown of my relationship. But sometimes I feel like, oh, my God, I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. But you're not having a heart attack. It's just the overwhelmness <coughs> of these emotions mm. and you don't quite know how to break them down to deal and, and deal with them. Well, I had it the other day. It was really through um, with my work, with my day job. It's been quite busy recently. And I was laying in bed at six in the morning and I ended up having an anxiety oh, attack. No. I was literally laying there, shaking, crying. And and like Andy was sort of just saying like, Laura, you know, what's wrong? Are you all right? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I can't breathe. And, yeah. and I didn't really want my daughter to see me like that. No. I didn't want Elena to see me like really anxious. But it just can kind of come on come all on. of a sudden. You can't control it. And sometimes with anxiety, it's the thing that kind of comes out when you feel out of control as well. Yeah. And I'm a person, I like to be in, bit in of the OCD, yeah. bit, bit in control. like that. And when I'm out of control with things, That's when I get hate it. it. Yeah. Hate it. I'm the same. I very much like to be in control of my feelings. Yeah, definitely. That's strange, isn't it? Strange. Tell us, though, I'm curious to know, Laura, the dating, yes, being a mum. Because obviously for me, you know, obviously I'm married and obviously, like, I've got a little, yeah. I suppose, family unit, if you want to call it. But what about, like, with you, like, with Esme, like, how has it been, like, you introducing Esme to different people? Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, God, where do I start with that? It's so hard. I... D- I... It's hard dating anyway in itself, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I get quite overwhelmed and anxious <coughs> to think about that. And I do think that does come down to my last relationship obviously wasn't nice at all. Mm. Um, and I, I feel a sense of guilt for being in that relationship because she, Esme was introduced to him and that was like the first real person. So after I had Esme, so she's what now, six, I spent core. Four years properly alone from when Esme's dad left me. Um, And I saw different people. And going back to the time where we'd probably have a giggle about things when I'm doing your nails and so, oh, God. (laughs) So after she was a year old, I thought, right, I'll try, like, these dating apps and I'll try Tinder. And then I had, like, this first date. And I thought, right, okay, so Esme's a year old. My mum at the time, she was like come on, like, you deserve it. I can watch Esme and stuff, because I had that flexibility of living yeah. at home that she would do that. So I started seeing this guy, and I think I remember you, like, telling you about it. And I met him, and he said he was, like, going for a divorce and whatnot, and 
um, I sort of believed him. We were enjoying each other's company. And then I saw him for a few weeks. He said he felt overwhelmed with everything he was going through. Mm. And I stopped seeing him and I was on my first holiday with my best friend and my daughter. Like, first holiday. Deleted his number. He then got in contact with me to say I've made a big mistake and stuff here, Laura. I'd love the chance to prove to you. So he took me to Lanzarote. Oh, nice. And I hadn't seen him for a good, like, six weeks. I remember, actually. (laughs) Yes, I do. I remember. Because I was thinking, Christ, I never had that. And this is how (laughs) tragic my dating stories are. So I met him off Tinder, which, by the way, I don't think is a good platform. I know some people have had magic stories from it. but I had a magic story. I think it haunts me. (laughs) I do. Mine was plenty of fish back in the day. Oh, that was awful. Oh, that's another. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. Um... So we, like, so I came back off this holiday, and this is um, June 2016. I came back the Monday, and my friend, she said, you'd had a few to drink last night, this Stuart. Sorry to mention his name, but... It's all right. (laughs) I'm sure he won't ever hear this. (laughs) Um, He contacted you last night, and you've actually agreed to go on holiday. So I looked at my phone, like, still a bit sort of drunk in the morning, like, oh, my God. I have. I've signed up to go on holiday (laughs) with him. So I wake up the next day and he went, oh, like, how do you feel about this holiday then? You haven't sort of said much. There's all this anxiety going through me thinking, I don't even want to see him. Yeah. So I got back off this holiday on the Monday. <coughs> My best friend said, you want to call home to make sure that someone can have your daughter for yeah. the weekend. So I thought, oh, God. And he was messaging me going, maybe we should meet in the week, like, t- for dinner and stuff, because we haven't caught up, yeah. like... I went every route possible to not see him. <laughs> I didn't want to go. I even said to my mum, I don't want to go on this holiday. I was drunk. I thought, oh, great. You know, who's going to knock back a guy paying for a holiday? But I don't really want to see him. No. My mum was being very encouraging, going, you just go. I've got Esme for the weekend. Go and enjoy yourself, Laura. So I was like, oh, right, okay. So I didn't let him pick me up until the night before we were travelling out to Lanzarote. <laughs> right. And I stayed at his apartment and I just wasn't feeling it. I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> You're like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to bloody Lanzarote Let's on a holiday. Let's get tonight out of the way. Like, I have to share a bed with him. <laughs> weren't, there weren't much communication going on between us. <laughs> Drive to the airport very early in the morning. We go to Stansted and I just get really pissed. So I'm like, That's, this is my only way of dealing with this. I thought, either way, Laura, if you don't really, you're not into him, go and enjoy a yeah. lovely, all Hol- expenses paid for holiday. So I get to the airport, I have a few bevies, I'm texting home thinking, oh, fucking hell, girls, like, here we go. And I um, I go, and it's just, it's very, it's a lot. I, I We touch down in Lanzarote at, like, 10 in the morning. By midday, he's saying, we're going to go meet my family. Right. We get to the steps of this restaurant, I'm about to meet his family, and like, oh, my God, like, what's their names? Yeah. I sit down at the table, he's like, his sister was a lawyer in Paris, his dad was like... Very wow. kind of high up there people. Yeah, yeah. And the whole holiday was very like, it was only a long weekend. And it was very much like family orientated. Like we had to meet for mini golf. Christ. We had to go for lunch. And I thought, oh God, we've gone from yeah. just seeing each other to this. So I did make an excuse one afternoon. Quite I intense said, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't feel too great. I need to go back to yeah. the hotel. He comes back a couple of hours later. I'm by the hotel pool having a whale of a time, met people, having a beer, music in. He comes to the point, he's like, oh, you feel better then, dear? I was like, yeah, all good. <laughs> Just finding this a bit too much. Yeah. And then something comes to light when we're on holiday. His sister announces that she's pregnant. And I was like, I started obviously speaking about my daughter. Yeah. So I wanted to call home. And their faces drop. And I'm like, oh, oh really? Hang on a minute, what's going on here? So they didn't know I had a daughter and I was I sort of gave him the look as in to say that would be the most important thing. Of course. You mentioned because the only reason I'm here this weekend is because I'm I've left my daughter for the first time. Yeah. And, and then, it's a big thing, isn't it? Because it's like literally you and Esme. Massive thing. For you to go to a different country as well. Luckily never introduced her to him. And then we get home and we see each other like for for a little while and I go to Newmarket races with him, I think. And then Certain things just sort of come to light, and I thought, oh, like, I'm just not sure not about this. It. And I think he's sort of struggling with his mental health, and you name it. Anyway, 
cut a long story short, he dumped me again. I thought, right, I am done now. <laughs> I'm not, no amount of holidays no. you can offer me. <laughs> I can't be bothered. So we get home. I contact his family to say, like, lovely to meet you. Thank you for being so accommodating. Da, da. No response. I thought, okay, no worries. Don't speak to this guy anymore. And then a few weeks later, I get a message from his wife. Oh, no. To say she'd found out about me over, like, bank statements, you name it. And I was like, I, but I believed him because when we met, <sighs> he did say he was going through a divorce. Right, okay. And I was dropping him back to somewhere where he said, like, I still live in this house. It's on the market. And then... When he got back in contact with me then a few weeks later, he'd moved to an apartment closer to Newmarket. So I had no reason to disbelieve no, him. No, 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 no. So I had this message. I thought, oh, my God, like, you know, I will reply. Like, it's not her fault, obviously. No. Um, and then I messaged the sister I met on the holiday again just to say, look, is this true? And she sent me a lovely message back, but she basically said he's going for a bit of a mental breakdown. We're sorry that he dragged a like an innocent individual like yeah i just thought this is my luck (laughs) (laughs) this is my luck for goodness sake i just feel it's either someone either hiding a massive secret married men or they've got issues or just some men that think it's okay to speak to you in a certain way that they wouldn't to your face no it's bizarre and in a way i suppose having that experience and having obviously other experiences with men and stuff you having Esme as well, yeah. it probably makes you more protective of her, doesn't it? To think, Absolutely. actually, I'm going to be really careful of who I'm going to yeah. introduce her and to. And I'm not and... anti-men. I've been brought up like I had, you know, there was some really happy memories with my dad. And I did have a good childhood with my dad. And I've got two older brothers mm. that, you know, sometimes we disagree or sometimes they wind me up to hell. But I've not been brought up around anything that would give me, like, a bad stigma of men. So I'm not anti-men at all. No, 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 I've just had an awful experience. But now I'm sort of at that place in my life where I understand myself more. Good, yeah. I just have such stronger boundaries. And what I would necessarily put up with when I was younger, I certainly wouldn't now. Yeah. And I just kind of got to a stage I just couldn't be asked with it. No. And then I, I did go through a bit of a stage of, oh, what the heck, if they treat me like this, then I'm going to treat them like that. So I did go through a stage of going on lots of dates, probably not going for the best type of people at but all. If you think about a it. A bit of fun along the way, not going to lie. I've had some really good stories to tell. <laughs> You've got some hilarious I stories. One for another time, definitely. <laughs> another episode. I don't want to get too explicit either. Um, and I'm a very bubbly, flirty sort of person. But yeah. Yeah, I've definitely lost my mojo for it now and I just can't be bothered. No, no. And that's that thing, isn't it? I think when you experience that, you do just think, do you know what? I just can't be arsed no. now. Sod it. And I think because I've proven I am so independent, yeah. I do sort of analyse it of, as awful as it sounds, what can a man offer me? Even yeah. when I have like, I go to certain family things or not so much my friends because they get me and how I work, but, oh, you know, when are you going to get a boyfriend? or <laughs> When are you going to... And I'm like... There weren't really a no. lot one could offer me. No, but you know what? I mean, obviously, you know the podcast I do with my friend, Catherine? Yes. She's like that. I mean, she, yeah. she hasn't been in a relationship for a long time. And she no. says, do you know what? I get so fed up when people keep saying to me, yeah. like, oh, do you miss having a it's boyfriend? Do you want pressure. A bit? Yeah, it's what she said. She said, I, I don't want it. She no. said, I'm actually happy I really being don't. on my own. At this point in my life, I can honestly say, adding a man to the equation would be the most awful thing for me and also you've got to think as well that'd be a massive transition for, for both yeah. of you and it you and your daughter that'd be huge bringing someone into your life again like yes. you had before having that change and having to adapt and everything yeah, yeah. not ready for that and i and i am still here and it's not because i'm not over my ex or anything like that but i'm still healing from the experience mm. And I need to be in that place in my life where I trust myself again yeah. to fully pick someone that is 100% right for me. And it might be that some people go, oh, you're being a bit picky or whatever, Laura. Or what? Cool, fine. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not Don't prepared you, to ever no. settle until like I meet that person. No. And it feels right and it fits right. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> So also, Laura, you you work at the moment as well. So tell us a little bit about what do you do? 
summer support worker for, it's for a housing association but it's care and support so it's 16 to 24 year old mothers i say parents but it mainly is the mums that have the tendency with us um and they come from quite complex backgrounds not maybe had the most nicest upbringing um and they kind of like i support them to then send them on their way for their first like independent home really and it is rewarding because not that i've i was very fortunate i had a lovely upbringing in the childhood mm. but i get it and i yeah. can relate to them because i know the struggles of being a single mm. parent i know the struggles of so many aspects and people can judge or whatever but it is so hard doing it on your own because mm. you don't have that breathing space no that must be so of tough. even like passing them over to have a bath okay things get easier as they get older there's there's different challenges mm. but you are on your own well this is again this is something else i want to ask you like being sort of a single mum mm -hmm. raising your daughter like what do you do for your self-care or time out what do you do to fill your cup back i again? am lucky and i have always put my foot down and more so like where i had the therapy in that and i'm like i do need to be kinder to myself yeah and i only work part-time i do a qualification as well but that's like to better my future but i do have two days a week when it is school time that those six hours, like a couple of times a week, they're my time. I yeah. go off swimming or I walk the dog or I have catch-ups with my friends. And that is my little bit of breathing space. And I am grateful for that time mm. because it does help me reset. Yeah. And actually, take out the equation whether I'm a single parent or not. There are people in couples that don't even get that time. Absolutely. I mean, there's so people... So I am lucky. I do yeah. have that little bit of time. might not be a lot. Yeah. And now she is older and she can sort of self-occupy herself. Like, you know, even in the evening we've got dinner and homework or whatever out of the way. I can go for a bath and she's not just watching over me. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. So I do get that time. There's some Good. times where I do crave more. I think, oh, it'd be lovely to have a weekend off or whatever. And I do have that support of my friends and family because I think they know, yeah, she does need that time. Yeah, and, and it's, it's all about balance. as well. It's oh, good definitely. For her. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's all about balance too. And it's about, like you said there, you having them sort of six hours when she's at yes. school. You have them a couple of days where you do see a friend or you go for a swim or go for a walk. <laughs> I would go out my mind if I did. I'll be honest <laughs> no, with you, I like... Exactly. And do you know what? Recently, I've, I've been sort of like adjusting. I've got like a new sort of routine with my daughter starting nursery. Yeah. And it's been so lovely because I've been, the only time really I have time to myself is either in the night times when little and goes to sleep or when Andy, because he does shift work, when he's off work, yeah. that's when I've had to think, right, that's my time where I yeah. can have a bath you or have go for a walk. You have to literally grasp that time as well. And, yeah. you know, I'll be honest, if I didn't have that time, I probably <laughs> I would just go out and No. Despair. Well, this is the thing. This is the beauty of it now. So I have, like, now with my daughter going to nursery two days a week, it's kind of helped because obviously I do my day job two and yeah. a half days, but it's actually given me a bit more time to do this work. Yeah. But also time for me. So yeah. I have like a Friday afternoon. And you have to and genuinely do things that you enjoy as well. Yeah, definitely. And that's what I've started to do. Like Tuesday has been, it's been lovely. Just my in-laws have my daughter. They're like, look, you know, obviously we've missed out through lockdown. Now, obviously little and obviously started yeah. nursery. We'd like to have her for a few hours and it gives you the time just to do some washing or just to Anything. do things. Yeah. Like the last sort of couple of Tuesdays, I've just had a bath. I've yeah. done some mindfulness. I've gone for a walk. I've just done things. Yeah. I have been bloody unwell as well, but I mean, it, it just gives me that time. Yeah. And I think as a mum, you know, obviously I do preach about self-care and yeah. I'm really passionate about mental health and mums and self-care and well-being and stuff. But it's so crucial. Like you say, being a single mum, being a mum who's married as yeah. well, you need that time There's space. so precious to all of it, whether you're a single mum or whatever yeah. circumstance. Even if it was the fact that I was in a relationship, there's precious to that as well. Of course because there you is. Think, Are yeah. you giving your partner enough time? Are you spending enough time like with home life and everything? And either way, it's it's overwhelming in any sense. Of the it matter. is. And it is all about balance. You yeah. have to do every family is different and you have to do kind of what's right for you, for you guys. Yeah. But I do I mean I notice it even with people like, you know, in my like professional role, personally, I do kind of think, man, if they were just to take a few hours out for themselves, yeah. it'd make a huge difference. Or, you know, if they were able to just be honest with themselves, yeah. really honest. 
they'll find themselves better. maybe not in such that like chaoticness of, of yeah because yeah. it's so easy especially like carrying that mum mental load and the mum mm-hmm. gill and all that like a lot of mums they're not they're too scared yeah. to talk about it, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, no, they are. And the taboos and everything. Like, I drop my daughter off at school, I'm like, woohoo! <laughs> right, what yeah. can I get done in them six hours? <laughs> but you do, don't you? you just... And don't get, I love her to the bits, you know, but it, it, it is a relief. And it when it gets to school holidays and that, sometimes like, God, six weeks of this now, like, yeah. it's hard. So, yeah. and, you know, and I don't feel bad for feeling that way because I'm like, well, you know, she enjoys school and everything else. And it is like six hours. Come on, six hours yeah. to be productive and make this a good day and yeah. get things I want to get done. Do you know what I mean? And I bet you feel so much better in them six hours because you've yes. had to yourself. You can't, you kind of feel a bit refreshed, don't yeah. you? You kind of think, actually, it's nice. And it's nice to go out to work them couple of days a week. And it's nice to have met people through my qualification and everything else because that gives me my own identity away yeah. from just being a mum. Because you do lose that when you become a mum a little bit. You Definitely. do get a bit lost. The amount of people I've spoken to, I'm like, believe me, I felt like that. Yeah. You know, when I was like a single mum and I moved into my first home of Esmond, I thought, oh my God, I can't just even pop out to a shop. No. Why? If she's asleep, that's it. Yeah. I'm, I've got to stay here. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> it is lonely and it is... And I think sometimes, not through any fault of their own, not that I like fully understand that, but I think when you've got a partner... And they do come home. They're like, "What have you done all day?" Or and you, and you think, <laughs> "How dare you? I'm oh. gonna lob that banana at your head because you don't get it." No, I, I remember there's there's been a couple of times with Andy Bless. I mean, I've said this and I've shared this on my you know on my work and stuff. He, I'm very very blessed to have Andy. He's yeah. a wonderful dad, wonderful husband. He's hands on. But there's been obviously times where if Andy's working at the weekend because he does shifts. I'm with um I'm with my daughter and it's like, oh, I've had such a busy day. Yeah. And I'm like, sorry, you've had a bit <laughs> you've had a busy day, have you, mate? You've had a busy yeah. day. I've been trying to keep obviously our daughter entertained and, and doing things, activities, or going out somewhere. Mm-hmm. Then obviously trying to make sure that like the flat's all right. And then I hear that and I yeah. think, nah. It's a different <laughs> It's a different busyness, isn't it? It is. I but... said, you still get to get a lunch break. I said, I don't. Like constant like i as awful as it is i'm like to go to work is peaceful sometimes even though i have to deal with a lot when it's peaceful yeah i had a friend of mine say that to me she said i know like going to work people think oh going to work but she said for her she said that's literally her time for herself escapism i'm like i'd rather hide out here some days (laughs) get it wrong or whatever i do isn't good enough anyway It is is what it is. I think we're just, honestly, us mums, I don't know, we're literally like superheroes, aren't we? Mm -hmm. We really, really are. And I think we need to give ourselves more credit for what we do. And I don't. I do do that. I do. I'm I'm my world's worst, like, self-critic. Yeah. Um, But you can only do what you can do. And I just hope, like, one day she sees that I've tried to do all that I can. I think she does. I think she knows anyway. She knows. I hope so. She doesn't necessarily show me that now. Sometimes, nah. she's... <sighs> yeah, <laughs> she's challenging it. <laughs> it's the sass, but it's the sass. I think as girls, girs are very even with. I see it with They're my so daughter. They're so strong-willed. That's the she's very. My daughter's so strong-willed and headstrong. Yeah. She knows what she wants. Oh, and I think, wow, like that's. I can see a lot of me there yeah. as well. I think, oh, she's going to be quite driven. A little bit. I'm like, oh, the more like she gets older, there, I'm like. Oof. <laughs> no one's gonna mess around with my her. work cut out but hey ho it's just <laughs> yeah. um karma because my mum said to me she'd have had a girl first she'd never had any more kids oh, and really? i'm like yeah i get it because you me... know <laughs> honestly the thing me and nandy keep getting is so when are you gonna have another one and i'm like i don't really know i haven't even thought about it you know when you kind of think oh because i've had a couple of my friends who've had um kids recently and mm-hmm. i've got a couple of my friends who are pregnant and I have kind of thought, oh, do I? But then I'm thinking, I don't know if I could, I right. don't know. That's like me. I, I don't think, I mean, you can't say never. I, I just don't think I would want any more children. No, I, I kind of feel I've kind of gone past that baby yes. stage. I like Elena how she is. I like her interacting. And... I feel it's like the times are moving on and stuff. And now Esme's six and just circumstances I've been through. I don't think I'd want to have another child without my mum around, I'll mm. be honest. That's been a big factor. And 
I'm now getting a bit of my life back and selfishly or whatever, I'm just like, I've got that right balance now. Yeah. And I don't want to go back to them struggles. No. Because it is, it is hard, especially yeah. them newborn stages and the baby time. It's, it's difficult. I'm happy to be that one as soon as like more of my friends and stuff are starting to have kids. I'm, I'm enjoying cruises around the world and stuff, I hope, when I <laughs> yeah. 40. You'll be on the phone to them, they'll be like, oh, I'm breastfeeding or I'm doing this yeah. or I'm up in the night. You're just like, well, I'm on a cruise. I'm, I'm just Caribbean. getting pissed. Yeah, like... I'm just getting pissed here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hope. So, yeah, I'm happy where I'm sitting at the moment. Nah. Do you know what? Honestly, you've, I just think you're great and you've been through so much and you've come such a long way yeah. and you should give yourself credit and be damn proud yeah. of yourself. And I do now and I think more so than ever this last year, going through the therapy and actually analysing, gosh, girl, you have gone through a lot. Yeah. When people always used to say it to me, I used to sort of sit back and be like, I never thought about it. No. I never gave myself that time to actually think like, shit, what you've been through, like, mm. is hell of a lot. Yeah, but it and is. now I think, like, this last year, more so than ever, I'm like... And I think with just recently turning 30 and that, I'm like, you really are resilient, Laura, and, like, you should be proud of that. Do you know what I mean? And mm. I truly am now. I'm like, I am proud of that, and I just want to get the message out to anyone sort of, like, struggling with whatever it is. You can get through it, like dark days don't hang around forever no. and awful things can happen and you can't change that matter but there are there's so many days worth yeah like, still sticking around for do you know what I mean I think I saw something on Facebook the other day I saw a quote saying like you're going you're going through the darkness now but good times will come yep. or something and I thought do you know what that's so true for anyone who is going through a really difficult shit time it's really hard to kind of see the wood, what is it, the wood through the trees at the moment? Like, yeah, or like the light. The, the light the at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And it's really hard, but there is good times ahead. And it's holding on to that hope, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I think every single person at the minute, like someone's battling with something. Yeah, I find that. And I that is why you do have to be gentle. And, you know, we're all at, we all get very wrapped up in our own lives. That's the problem. Yeah. And sometimes we don't know someone's suffering. But it is just sometimes stopping, just asking that question. Like, not just to pass by, not really giving someone your time. Like, oh, are you okay? But that actual serious question, are you okay? Yeah. I was on some training, actually, for my day job. And, like, doing it because we do kind of similar yeah. work, don't we? Support work, youth work and that. And the training that I was on is always, they, they said, always ask twice. Yeah. Don't just take, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm all right. Actually, like what you yeah. said, no, actually, are you okay? Yeah. Because it's normally, if you ask the second time, it's where they're like, well, actually, yeah. no. That's where someone puts someone in the position. Okay, they might not necessarily feel comfortable because they're drawing out of their emotions by you asking that question. Yeah. But you'll see by their body language and a number of things, like, actually, no, they're not. Mm. And that's the point I think I hit. Like, I didn't really, like, open up to, like, my family or my close friends. So like when I broke up with my ex last year, that was like the fundamental point in my life where I was like, not only have I dealt with in the last few years being a single mum and no support from her dad, to losing my mum and dad, thinking I'd got over that when actually I still to this point I I've not I've grieved my mum and I was forever to this day I'll still grieve her. Mm. My dad I haven't even reached that point yet. No. Um. But when that, like, relationship kind of drew to halt, I was like, enough is enough. Mm. I can't actually bear any more on my shoulders. No. It's time to, like, go and deal with it now. Mm. Don't keep it locked away in a no. suitcase. No. You're going to really do yourself some awful damage. And I just remember going into work one day and my boss was like, look, go home. Your job will always be here if it's six weeks or a year you need to take off Laura it is now your time to give something like give yourself back something mm. to to get well because I wouldn't say like I was all over like unwell but I but I was unwell yeah. and I couldn't see that and I'm so grateful to this day she took me into her office and she said that yeah because it was someone that could evidently see I was struggling mm. but it was something I was hiding yeah 
like from my closest friends to my family. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's recognising that, isn't it? And it's admitting. Funny enough, actually, I mean, I've had something very recently with 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 my manager mm-hmm. at work. Um, I was just really honest with her. Like she, it was before Christmas. She just said, "I just want to see if everything's okay." And I just cried. Yeah, I broke down. I did. I and did. she was like, "You know what? What is it?" And and she said, "You know, is everything all right yeah. at home?" I said, "Oh gosh," I said, "Everything's fine." Like with you know with Andy and with Elena. But I said, "There's so much going on." Mm-hmm. There's so much coming up and so yeah. much going on. My anxiety was risen. And I thought, I'm glad she actually just said, like, yeah. is everything okay? Yeah. Because I was very much like, oh, you know, you're just kind of going yeah. through it. <laughs> December being Christmas time, you're just kind of, it's a busy it time. Almost it almost felt like I was a car running at 200 miles per hour. Yeah. And if she hadn't called me in that office that day, the only way of explaining it, I felt like I was this car running at this pace. And if she hadn't stopped me that day and asked me how how much longer would I have kept going like that until I literally burnt myself into a hole? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But... And I and I completely lost control and it was to the point where I'm I'm very strong and I'm very independent, but it was not that I ever luckily I never got to the point where I had like sort of suicidal thoughts and no, stuff. No, no. But it did get to the point where I was just like, I can't. I actually can't keep going on like this not good for me it's not good for Esme and you do just have to kind of go right I need to yeah go and get that help now and you did did you go did you go through it through like your GP or did you pay privately Um, like so I was a little bit sort of lost my boss sort of sent me home that day and I thought oh my god like even after I lost my parents I never like really got support and that is the key thing like that is one thing I'll say like it is so scary like losing my mum and dad afterwards no one's like you get over that spell of like the funeral and all your family and friends fussing and I've still got like my best friend like Vicky and Sophie and that that were there for me in the most like Mm. awful points of my life that I could never repay for what they've done but nobody sort of calls you up from anywhere to go do you need any support? Are you okay? Mm. You you sort of get over that, putting them, to, like, laying them to rest, and then you're on your own. And it got to when I left uh, a very domestic abusive relationship, I was hiding it. I isolated myself off from my family, my friends. Nobody knew the true extent. My family did know what was going on because... They could just see a pattern of when I was with this person. I've become very withdrawn when usually I'm very close to my sister-in-law and I take my daughter to see the kids and that all the time. And when my boss sort of said, like, go home, I remember just sobbing. I remember leaving thinking, right, breathe. This, This has happened. You're acknowledging, like, you feel like this. So what do I do now? And I only got that support, really. I remember calling the doctors and they they were like, oh, it's a huge waiting list and da-da-da. And it wasn't until I spoke to the women's, like, refuge and also, like, through the police that I actually got that support. Oh, wow. Um, And they sort of steered me from there, really. Like, it was a string of events. I had to sort of, like, report it to the police or whatever else. And then that side of things, I'm not saying like the police are perfect and there's still so much work we need to do around the domestic abuse law. Mm. It's not good enough. No. But what I will take the positives from that is that therapy I received was a turning point in my life. Yeah. And that was all organised through the police and like um, the like women's aid, like you get like an independent sort of like worker, like a support right. worker, yeah. and she like arranged all that. Wow. So really went from there. And you've had your therapy and yeah. here you are now. Yeah. Um so I had that like last year and from that I didn't just open up about the breakdown and the trauma of that relationship. It probably opened up a lot of other things as well, didn't Literally, it? Literally, which I was sort of burying and even when I met that person I went through that breakdown like they sort of knew that was there and there was a bit of this vulnerability to me, do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it certainly made me open up about everything and I've finished the therapy now and I do feel, I, I know myself or I know what 
triggers something or how to better control things now but I don't know I I would like to pick it up again I can truly say like for anyone struggling yeah whether you take a pill to control your like mental health mm. I personally don't and I, I yeah wouldn't judge anyone no, no, just no, no. doesn't something that fits yeah. for me um speaking to someone that might not be like a trusted friend or a family or whatever I can't explain it but it just makes a huge difference oh my it? god like that I miss having them sessions yeah walking away from that thinking sometimes we wouldn't necessarily speak about a lot no but the like power and tools that therapist gave me of learning about myself learning like my self-worth that actually like I have got so much to give what and and understand why do you do that to yourself yeah yeah it is empowering I mean this is why I kind of do what I do with my coaching and counselling stuff because I'm very much like speaking yeah and I think actually when you speak to someone that's impartial yeah that's someone that's not family that's not friends or anything like that and you know that it's in a safe place yeah it's it's amazing and it does make you like open up about everything like yeah there's stuff my hand on my heart that my therapist knows that I've never spoken to anyone no, about and, same I, with and me I'm and my absolutely counselor. okay with that and I know that yeah. they can't necessarily turn around and um say what's what's the weird thing with a the therapist I think they can't turn around and give you like say what you need to do next yeah but the way they offer, like, the cognitive... What's the word for it? You're not what, cognitive it. therapy? Yes, because mine was, like, CBT. trauma-based therapy. Different tools and stuff she gave me, I'll keep for life. Yeah. And that has honestly sent me on my way to be like, right, I've had that and I feel okay now. Yes, I think eventually there might be a time where I'd love to maybe see my therapist, even if it's, like, a few times a year, just because I just think it's... I think therapy... Is good for anyone at some point in their life. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? I've been with my therapist for a long time. Mm. I, since I started doing my counselling diploma, yeah. I've kept with the same therapist because she knows me. Yeah. She gets me. And, like, it's private. You know, I pay. But I find that really helps. Sometimes I have a few more sessions than other times. Sometimes yeah. it's, like, weekly or sometimes it's monthly. Mm-hmm. Recently, I've been having a few more. But for me, it just helps me. And I would love, like... My brothers, bless them, they're like men and, you know, they've got their pride and everything. I would just love my brothers one day to just go through it. Yeah. And whether it works for them or not, I just think for them to deal with, like, the awful time, like, all three of us siblings have had, like, I'd just love for them yeah. to... And the thing is, the whole thing with therapy or with, with any coaching, counselling, therapy, whatever, people have got to be ready and they've got yes, to be in that have. mind to do it. Yeah. And and also it's about that kind of worth as well, isn't it? That some people don't feel that they deserve it or no. they, they kind of procrastinate. They 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 like make excuses. Yes. And they think, no, I don't And that's need very that. much sort of where I was like yeah. at. I kind of I didn't love myself enough to go, mm, I deserve this help. And I know it's awful, but I think it was an it was a mixture of things. But from what I took away from that therapy was like I do deserve to be yeah. here. I do deserve to be much kinder on myself. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, just, like, what I learned from it, pff, game changer. It's almost like, even to speak about it is, like, overwhelming because yeah. you can't ever properly explain it to someone. No, you can't. Until you've had it done, it's, yeah. Yeah. But, no. But thank you so no, much, Laura. Thank you. Like I Honestly. say, it's been a good old episode yes. here. <laughs> but I thank you for joining me on yeah. this. And, um yeah stay tuned yeah thank Thank you you so much (laughs) bye